Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. That's... Yeah. <laughs> they have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I'm the walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist. But having said that, I want to be like me. But you don't know what you're talking about. What have you done? I'd like to stay alive for six I'd like to go to the I'd say it to your face, not say it to you now. I'm down to one field and we'll see them. What you're doing down here, you show me, man. World Service members, Monday only listeners, you're welcome to the Second Captain's Football Podcast. Owen here with Murph today. Hi, Kieran. Hey, Owen. How's it going? Well, it's going okay, but there is no way to sugarcoat this, you guys. Ken Early is off. On his summer holidays. I know, I know, short term, it is a blow, there's no doubt about that. But long term, I feel it's probably best for everyone that we all get a bit of time away from each other every now and again. <sighs> you see what I mean? That's the kind of breakdown of relationships we're wow. keen to avoid here. What, what kind of outburst was that on? It's an outrageous mm-hmm. thing to come out and say. I mean, sure, I, I, I hear myself laughing in the background. I must have heard it before. But the idea that Ken would tell you to fuck off and it wouldn't even register <laughs> in my memory, that alone uh, is quite shocking to me. I know. I know. This is what I mean. This is why we need time. It's important for everyone that Ken has some Ken time. Cheer up. How about you fucking wake up? Wake up. Exactly. Enjoy yourself, Ken, and come back refreshed. As if he's listening to this. Come on, you know he's not listening no, to this. No, really. He really doesn't. It's, <laughs> I, I admire that. I admire his ability to switch off. Yes. By the way, in Ken's place today, steps Jonathan Wilson to talk about the news that... The Ronaldo return to Man United looks as though it's run its course finally. Fabrizio Romano reported a couple of days ago Ronaldo has told Manchester United he wants to leave because he does not believe the club can win the Premier League next season and he wants to play in the Champions League. Ronaldo had hoped to see more ambition from United at the start of Eric Ten Hag's tenure as manager and has dismayed the club of not yet made a signing. United still hope to convince the 37-year-old to stay, not least with their work in the transfer market in the coming days and weeks. Uh, goes on to say the loss of Ronaldo will be a blow to United, partly because he scored 14 more goals than any other player at the club last season, but also because this episode is the latest damning signal of their decline. Probably is a damning signal of their decline, all right. Whether or not it's a blow to Manchester United, that one is more debatable. We know where Ken stands on that, and Jonathan, I think, is in the <laughs> Ken Early camp idea as well. Fair idea where Jonathan Wilson stands as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, in fairness, I would say the Man United supporting Murphy brothers, I'm sure Kieran would, would not see it as a massive blow, obsessed as they are with the progress of young Anthony Alanga, which can only be further fast-tracked oh. with the departure. We Ronaldo. thought it was going to be derailed, uh, Owen. 
It turns out it has been fast-tracked. You're absolutely correct. Uh, Alanga was able to get by just fine, even under the the brooding <laughs> shadow of Cristiano Ronaldo. So, freed from Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, the sky is quite literally the limit for Anthony Alanga. <laughs> Flying in pre-season. Have you heard this? Oh, on. Do you think we talk about anything else? What, have you heard about the world record? No, I haven't heard. I have, oh, can I tell you? I haven't heard anything about Anthony Alanga's preseason form. But it feels like you're going to enlighten me. Anthony Alanga has fallen narrowly short of landing a world record during preseason training. Whoa. Some impressive box jumps have emerged online, with the wow. Swede setting a new personal best. A social media post shows him jumping 63 inches, just over five foot. That is only four inches off the world record set by American personal trainer Chris Spell. Wow. So, he so this is, is like from a standing start jumping onto mm-hmm. a box. That's, that's a box jump, right? Yeah, let's, let's go with that. I mean, I didn't bother watching the video, but that's uh, a, like well, a literal interpretation. Yeah. I mean, there is a guy who frequents the pubs of uh, Milltown who can jump from a standing start onto a bar stool. And he's taken quite a bit of money from people who bet. Hold on, he... this, this isn't an actual, this isn't a real thing. No, story, this is, is a real thing. It's a real thing. Ah, stop. Have you seen it happen? Have I seen it happen, Odd? I haven't. <laughs> but <laughs> I have not. But I, I, I mean, I've taken this from the most unimpeachable sources. Like, like okay. my dad. And you know my father does not. He's nah, just, he's Tony's not like, an, uh, an honourable man. Yeah, integrity yeah. is his middle name. It, it, it's, it's actually his middle name. And he has been known to hustle you know, blow-ins to the town uh, out of cold, hard cash by jumping from a standing start onto a bar stool. Uh, so, <laughs> we should say, by the way, your, your father is the source of the story. He, so he's, he's not, not the, the person actual, who's doing He's not the, the actual person, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, so, I mean, I, all I'm saying is it sounds like an amazing physical feat, but I'm, I just don't know how that transfers to actual <laughs> Premier League ghouls, you know, which is the only <laughs> currency I'm interested in. I like how it fits into the narrative around. You know, the way you always get this stuff when a new manager starts at a club about the the changes, the sweeping changes he's made behind yes. the scenes. And until the season actually starts and results, often negative results, start pouring in, uh, supporters are, are happy to take these little tidbits. There's loads of coming out about uh, Ten Hag at Man United. The Manchester Evening News were talking about, uh, let me just get up here. Eric Ten Hag ordered all Manchester United players into training by 9am on Tuesday. This is last week. Whoa. In a throwback to the Sir Alex Ferguson era. <laughs> so you got to get Ferguson mentioned in the first paragraph in any of these stories. That's, like, I'm sorry, 9am. Like, yeah, no, I've got to go. It's like, that's literally the, you know, yeah. the song is not 10 to 5. You know, it's literally 9 to 5. People are aware that the, the working day should probably, for many people, in fact, it's the rule rather than the exception that the working day starts at 9 a.m. Like, <laughs> Although two groups of players arrived at 9.30 and 11.30 for their first day of pre-season on Monday, the Manchester Evening News understands all of the players reported before 9 a.m. this morning. A source said... All in, this is the quote from the source, all in by 9am, an hour earlier than normal, Fergie time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> just, once I'd love to, I, just, uh, just once I'd love to read one of these stories and goes, uh, they start work at 2pm, then they dawdle around for five or six hours, finishing up at 3am in the morning after a couple of bottles of whiskey. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, none of this actually matters as long as they get the work done on the training field. Ten Hag was in by 8 o'clock in the morning, of course. But that was 15... You don't beat Steve McLaren to the punch, Murph. Sig Thorson. Of course, McLaren, another throwback to the first year. He's back at the club and he was in at 7.45. So Ten Hag's got a bit of work to do there. Any other times of people (laughs) arriving in? I actually would read a full breakdown. The players spent over two hours on the grass, the bulk of it ball work interspersed with running drills. Carrington sources were encouraged that some players who had arrived before 9am stayed until gone 4pm. Oh, jeez. 
So almost almost a full nine to five. Yeah, my mind does drift back once again to Dolly Parton. What's good for Dolly Parton isn't necessarily good for Manchester United football club players. That's, you know, I mean, that's the lesson we've learned here today. Uh, Owen, I like you and I like your style. The second captain. We've got a bit better quality. It's a compliment any place, anywhere, all over the world. Full of protein. It's information, fluid information. I don't know what you're talking about. You can do it while you're cleaning the house, brushing your teeth, taking a bath. Trying to be critical is going to be impossible. Well, I think we could all do with a little bit of midsummer Jonathan Wilson in our lives. How about you? Hey, Jonathan, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm great. I'm looking forward to talking a bit of Ronaldo with you because the news emerged over the weekend that Cristiano Ronaldo wants to leave Manchester United. I saw an interesting detail in the story is that United are trying to convince him to stay. Does that surprise you? Well, it depends who you mean by United. Yeah. Uh, I be look, Ten Hag has been very diplomatic about this. I'd be amazed if Ten Hag wants Ronaldo hanging around. I mean, even if Ronaldo had the smallest ego of any human being on the planet, <laughs> there's a problem when great players get to sort of 37 and they're not quite what they were. And every now and again, they can still turn it on, but you just can't rely on them every week and you've got to sort of work out how to phase them out. And that's always difficult, uh, even for easy personalities. I mean, Ronaldo's not an easy personality. Mm-hmm. And he's such a huge figure that even at Manchester United, even a club as big as United, they become FC Ronaldo. They're not, they're not, they're not a club in their own right anymore. They're, 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 they're the, 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 the body on which, on which Cristiano Ronaldo exists. So I'd be amazed if Ten Hag wants him to stay. However, the marketing department, um, yeah, Ronaldo's a celebrity and he, he will increase brand awareness and brand profile. And um, I'm sure his, he generates huge amounts of social media interaction. And to be honest, even for journalists, that's great. You know, mm. you, you write a piece on Sunday morning about Ronaldo and uh, you come back in the evening and it, it's done great numbers. So, uh, mm. yeah, he, he, he generates interest. And so, yeah, and I think this has been a problem for United, well, really since the Glazers arrived, that, that, that there's... The, the coaching arm of the club and the marketing arm of the club, I think, aren't necessarily pulling in the same direction. It feels like for Ten Hag, this is a win in the way that it's happened because mm. most people thought probably from, you know, well, she, she's probably early enough on last season or certainly towards the end, it didn't feel like Ronaldo would necessarily be hanging around once Ten Hag was confirmed. You thought it's not a good fit. It doesn't really make sense. Maybe if Ronaldo wants to stay, he'll stay. But the fact that it's Ronaldo calling it and he that he wants to leave. It means there's not even any sort of a Ten Hag doesn't have to start with a lot of Man United fans bashing him for wanting to drum Ronaldo out of the club. Yeah, exactly. And you could imagine, yes, say Ten Hag had said, "Look, I can't work with this guy. It's him or me. If I'm signing, he's got to go." And then he turns up, and you know, six games in the season, they've they've won one and drawn four and and lost one, and they've scored sort of four goals in those six games. And if we thought, well, you know, Ronaldo got. 18 Premier League goals or 14 Premier League goals was it last season yeah um, you know, clearly he's what they need why has he got rid of him I mean I, I assume Ten Hag is a big enough personality that that wouldn't worry him too much but you might as well not have that hassle if you can get away with it if, if this can you know, if he has sort of plausible deniability you know, it wasn't me he, he went of his own accord of course I'd have loved him to stay but you know, this is a situation and, and, and this is where we well, you know, where we start from. Sorry, it was, it was 18 Premier League goals 18, last season, yeah, which is, it should be noted, eight more than any of his teammates. He got 24 goals in total, 14 more goals than any other player at the club. Is there an argument that Ronaldo delivered 
you know, at least on a par what you could expect from a 37-year-old former player. And if he was part of a semi-functional club, if he was an adornment to a good team rather than the centrepiece, this could have actually worked out. In other words, it's not really Ronaldo's fault that the club didn't do anything with him last season. Um, ah, not really. I mean, I, I, look, if you, if you look at the, the sort of, if you forget any sort of personality in this and you said, right, you've just signed a 37-year-old Forget that you know, he cost £20 million and he's been paid half a million pounds a week. And you know, he, he's playing a cameo role and he's great for the dressing room and he's great in training and he's got all this experience to pass on. And you know what? He still can get you some really vital late goals. Mm. And he's ended up with 24 of a season. You'd think, oh, that's brilliant. But that's just not the case. You know, he, he, he forced United to change how they played in, in a way that wasn't positive. You know, All the successes they had under Celcio, and, and you know, I was a Celcio sceptic, but when they when they did get good results, when they did play well, so you think of the PSG games, you think of, of you know they beat City three times. Those good results they got were playing quick counter-attacking football. Well, you you can't do that with Ronaldo. He slows everything down. He 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 just doesn't play modern football. He doesn't you know he, he had fewer fewer pressing actions than any other non-centre back or goalkeeper in the top five leagues in Europe last season. So modern football, with a, a tiny handful of exceptions, is based on pressing. Ten Hag's football is based on pressing. So Ronaldo just doesn't fit into that. Plus, he's Ronaldo, and so everything revolves around him. So uh, Rangnick, you know, Rangnick on day two said, yeah, I can't play with him, but I certainly can't play without him. Um, and and you know, there's all kinds of stories about he would try and do pressing drills for individual games, and Ronaldo would sort of be, now our training's got to be fun, we don't want to be doing this. Well, yeah, there's <laughs> basically there more of those kind of coming out, are there? There's, there's more of... It seems clearer and clearer that he really wasn't easy for Ranić. We don't really know about Solskjaer, but uh, but for Ranić to manage, yeah. And, and you know, Ranić's football um, is is based on hard pressing. That's that's you know he's the sort of uh, the, the 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 German godfather of pressing. That you know when when he first saw Lobanovsky Dynamo Kiev in, in nineteen eighty four. You know the, the famous story of that that preseason friendly in in, in February uh, near Stuttgart. And, and you know, that Germany have been very resistant to pressing, and and that was when it begins. And, and you take it, you know, United appoint a, a bloke whose whole thing is pressing, and he's influenced this great generation of German coaches. Um, he's had huge impact at Red Bull as a technical director, and so you appoint him in the wrong role. You give him some very vague consultancy position for the following season. And then you, you lumber him with a player who has a massive ego, who doesn't play that sort of football, who's going to resist him. <laughs> so, of course, it failed. And, it, yeah, you, you can point out things Rangnick did wrong that, that, that would have been wrong even had Ronaldo not been there. Uh, but it, it, it couldn't work with Ronaldo. There's no way it could work. And, and, and to be honest, I, I, what I don't understand about the whole thing is why Rangnick took the job. Mm. What did he think he was walking into? I mean, I presume he was made promises about you know, you will not be sacked at the end of the season no matter how badly it goes. Have a look at the squad, work out what we need and then take up this this backroom position. But that's that's why that consultancy role, and yeah, we said it right from the start, that consultancy role had to be very, very clearly defined as to what he'd be doing. So the players, yeah, you know, if, if, if this sort of slightly nerdy academic German turns up, who's very different to, to Solskjaer um, and, and different to Mourinho, uh, maybe certain similarities to Van Gaal, but, but nowhere near as big a personality as Van Gaal, yeah, you know, if he turns up and he, you know, he's telling you to play a, a form of football you've never played before, that it's really quite hard work and a little bit boring in terms of the work on the training field. It's very repetitive, you know, getting the shape right, understanding the movements, understanding the patterns. 
And that, that can only really be done by repetition. Of course, if you're a player who, who isn't used to that, you think, what's this guy doing? He's, he's going to be out in May. I'm not going to listen to him. This is, this is, this is nuts. So, you know, the, the, the whole... Our whole appointment was flawed. The whole signing of Ronaldo was flawed. Yeah, as as you always come back to the United, you can point out individual issues with with coaching staff, with players, but fundamentally, it comes from a, a lack of leadership and a lack of clear vision at the top. What would you say though to people who would suggest that football history is full of big characters who are uh, almost impossible to deal with, nevertheless being the best players in the world, and that United shrinking from the challenge of trying to handle Ronaldo? is actually a bigger crime than anything that Ronaldo did while still scoring, uh, as Owen said, 14 more goals than anyone else in the squad last season. But how many of those greatest players in the world are 37? Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, greatest player in the world, it's a, it, what does that mean? You know, if, you, if you're talking about Maradona, um, Maradona obviously had huge numbers of off-field issues. When he was focused on a club, he was incredibly committed. He was, you know, you talk to people who played with him at Napoli, which is, you know, his greatest success. I mean, that's the other thing about Maradona. He only actually had three good seasons. Um, but he, he did, as a fact. You know, he was a disaster at Barcelona. Uh, it, it all went horribly wrong at Napoli towards the end. Uh, maybe four if you can count kind of a, you know, a, a season of Boca at the beginning. If you've been really generous, you can lump in one of the mid 90 seasons of Boca at the end, where, you know, he fell out with Mussolini, the coach, and, and you're was very hard to deal with. He even fell out with Bilardo at, at, uh, at Sevilla. Uh, so that experiment lasted, I don't know, 20 games or so. Went to Newell's and was there for six games. Yeah, his, his, his career was... Yeah, if the World Cup in 86 hadn't happened, we wouldn't think of Maradona now as, a, as, as, as one of the greatest ever. Um, but it did happen. It was a great thing. And so we do. And we sort of forgive the failures but I'm not sure any club who signed Maradona really thought they got a good deal out of it apart from Napoli but when he when he was good and when he was playing well at Napoli you talk to those players and they'll say how supportive he was and how he understood the structures and he was guiding them on the pitch and how he was directing them and you, know, you look back at the 86 World Cup when he was playing in a uh, I, think, I think the idea of it was one genius and ten cart horses is, is, is overblown he had people like Valdano and Burishaga there and you know, very very solid defence but with essentially a pretty average squad. And you look at how often he's in the perfect place and the pass is misplaced, or he does something brilliant, knocks the ball wide for the cross we put in, the cross is skewed out. And you see how he applauds and he encourages people. Ronaldo doesn't do that. He might do it for 10 minutes, but he quickly, every time United conceded the goal, you'd see Ronaldo chucking his hands down, shrugging, looking furious. That's not good for players who are short on confidence. Um, the whole issue of Harry Maguire being frustrated he didn't get the captaincy I'm not saying it was the only reason Maguire had such a bad season last season but it clearly didn't help so I'd, if, if he was 25 year old Ronaldo maybe there's a case there but I even think at Real Madrid he was a you know in the Champions League brilliant in the league he only won two, two La Liga titles in nine years at Real Madrid so in terms of consistency in the, the less glamorous less, less, less exciting games he wasn't a huge success, though. You can't say his time that was a failure, but it's not like Messi just reeling off great season after great season after great season. What does it say, Jonathan, about where United are at, though, that Cristiano Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo has been part of a lot of winning teams. He's seen some good signings made at clubs, and he's looking around at this transfer window and saying, hmm, 
doesn't matter how many ex-Ajax players or current Ajax players this club is being linked with, I don't like the look of what's going on here. And I don't see a good future for the club. Would you be worried as a Manchester United fan that this is actually quite a damning indictment of where they stand, that Ronaldo, even if it might be good news for him that he leaves the club, that Ronaldo actually wants to go because he just doesn't see a future at United? Um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be that bothered by Ronaldo's view. However, I think in, in this case, there is reason to be concerned by the transfers because uh, they seem entirely to be looking at the Eredivisie. And we know that there's a there's a big step up from the Eredivisie and some players make it, but a lot don't, a lot struggle. Um, and, and it just sort of, yeah, you, you remember when Wan-Bissaka was signed and, and all that stuff that Woodward came out with, of oh, we looked at however, 4,000 right-backs or whatever it was, whatever the figure was, and you sort of think, really? And like the best one you could find was Juan Bissaka? But, but you're like, okay, if you've done the, if you've really sifted through all these players and you, you think he's what you need, well, well okay, we'll, we'll go with that. But this just seems to be some blokes that the manager knows. It's, it's, it's like when David Moyes turned up at Sunderland and just signed some old Everton and Manchester United players and assumed to be good enough. Uh. Yeah, Ten Hag, okay, I, I get the manager has players he trusts and he look at something like Frankie de Jong and you think, well, when he left Ajax, he was one of the most exciting prospects in the world. It hasn't, you know, he hasn't been a disaster at Barcelona, but it hasn't really quite worked. Maybe a fresh start for him would would be a good idea, and he, he could potentially be 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 the the the, the 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 sort of brain of that midfield. And I, I think in those sort of intricate passing teams, to have a a focal point like that can be very useful. But then to be looking at Anthony and and half a dozen other former Ajax players or Eredivisie players, that would really concern me. Where all this money has been invested in the scouting department. Are they all just just in in the Netherlands every weekend? Are they, are they looking anywhere else? What, you, what why why are they not able to turn up the this, this sort of um, the twenty two twenty three year old promising talents from Belgium or Austria or you have know, the players that, that that say are Leicester? I think you're, you're very good at uncovering. And maybe you think the Manchester United they 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 should be aiming higher, but I, I'm not sure that just sort of you popping into the one shop is is is, is the way to do it. By the way, we're having this conversation on the assumption that Ronaldo won't be there next season, but he still has to be moved on mm. and somebody still has to sign him. That The initial reports were saying that his agent, George Mendes, has been talking to Chelsea and Bayern Munich. When you were talking about in your piece about Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid, but you were sort of talking about them while dismissing those as realistic options at the same time. So where does Ronaldo fit now? I don't think he does. I think that's a huge problem. I mean, I'd be... Amazed if Bayern signed him. Why would Bayern want him? Um, yeah, he doesn't fit their style of football in any way. Uh, he's hugely expensive at, at a club that, that has you know, been very good at, at keeping their budget under wraps. Uh, Real Madrid, maybe some emotional pull, and he, you know we know Perez likes a celebrity, but they've got better since he went. Um, and and yeah, you look at how Benzema's playing, and you sort of think his link up with Vinicius. Do you really want to disrupt that? Because Benzema, okay, 34, so you might get a season or two more out of him. But why would you waste that by bringing in a 37-year-old uh, who, who was problematic to you by the end? Um, PSG, I, I, you know, I mentioned, I don't, you know, I'm not aware of any any link. That, that That's entirely speculative, mm. but they do like a celebrity. And I, I, particularly if Neymar was moving on, you know, I, I could see that you know, we, we bring in another great star. We're, we're the club who united Ronaldo and Messi at last. Here's our... Our La Liga ten years ago, yeah, you know, um, revival group, 
then beyond that, you sort of think, is there any way an MLS team could, could cobble together the money to get him? Because you know, clearly that would be um, great for the profile of MLS. Uh, yeah, the, the, the sort of the the, the non-European leagues who um, would have been able to afford a player like that, you know, places like China, you know, they, they, they don't have that funding anymore. Could the Middle East, could, could Qatar afford him in the World Cup? Yeah, maybe that's a, a possibility. Uh, but would Ronaldo, you know, if, you know, if he's leaving Manchester United because he doesn't think they, they, they're going to be playing football at a high enough level, going to Qatar doesn't make any sense. So I, I think there's a there's a possibility that they might be stuck oh, with him. Oh, that's a total season. mess then, though. If he's already said he wants to leave yeah. and he already, as you say, he dominates everything about the coverage of the club and and even behind the scenes. So if an even more disaffected Cristiano Ronaldo is hanging around, that's... A nightmare for Den Haag. Yeah. Oh, I mean, so United can see the camera goes to Fergie first, looking glum, and then it cuts to Ronaldo you know, fiddling with his phone or whatever he's doing, if he turns up even at the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it just, the circus goes on. I mean, you think of the Manchester derby last year when, when Ragnar didn't pick him, and he, you know, he disappears back to Portugal to have treatment on his hip flexor. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe that was genuine. Maybe he did need treatment on the hip flexor. If he's not going to be picked, maybe that's a good time to do it. But the point is, the story became about him rather than about Manchester United going into the Manchester derby. And even though United actually started that game relatively well, the fact that they then get outplayed, it becomes a, oh, ronaldo United get hammered. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's a real... Dis- I mean, United's disasters just keep mounting up, but, but even by their standards, that, that would be a, right. you know, a a real political mess if, if, if he is... I mean, I, I assume they try and offload him and, and subsidise his wages somewhere. And I don't know, maybe... Maybe an Italian club would take him. I, I, I don't know. I could even go back to Sporting and uh, and, and United subsidise that. I, I don't know if that would appeal. To yeah, don't know if that would appeal to the ego. Jonathan, brilliant stuff. Thanks a million. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's a beautiful summer's day. The breeze is stupendous. 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 Would this podcast be even more stupendous without ads? Without ads? Ads. If so, then join us for daily commercial-free shows at secondcaptains.com for just five euro a month. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not bumping them up. I'm not Irish. I'm just saying my observations, they are amazing. Stupendous. Well, Fernaldo was looking for some big hitters to be signed. Maybe Christian Eriksen fits the bill. The news has come in since we recorded that chat with Jonathan that Eriksen has verbally agreed to join United. So this is a hell of a comeback, obviously, from from his issues at the Euros. This is broken by David Ornstein in The Athletic. A three-year deal is what's being mentioned. The process of drafting contracts has now started. And if that is finalised, the 30-year-old playmaker would need to come through medical tests 
as Ornstein says, this is normal for all recruits. No problems are anticipated, but given Ericsson's history, it is a significant hurdle that needs to be navigated. And Ornstein also reporting, by the way, that Chelsea are considering a move for Ronaldo. Todd Bowley thought to be intrigued by the possibility. Although, as he says, there will be new, as Ornstein says, there will be numerous factors to consider if the idea becomes a genuine possibility. And although finances are not likely to be an impediment, the wishes of boss Thomas Tuchel would be key. And that is a very important sentence there. We'd have to have to wait and see. I'd, I'd be dubious enough on whether or not Tuchel would want Ronaldo there, but we'll see. Uh, Ronaldo missed training today, by the way, due to family reasons. Just days after he said he wanted to leave the club, he the, his reason for failing to appear at United Training Ground has been accepted by the club. However, as reports here say, the 37-year-old's absence will be interpreted as the latest salvo in his bid to engineer a move away from Old Trafford. And as we know, the rest of the team are training like lunatics from 9am listen the fact that he's missed one training session there's no making that ground up you know uh, these guys are just you know they're they're finely tuned machines and the advantage they gained by turning up for training at 8.04 this morning <laughs> you just can't win that back more football on the World Service during the week thanks so much for listening today the Second Captains Podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network don't forget all episodes are ad free if you become a member at secondcaptains.com for only a fiver a month thanks Murph thank you Owen Thanks again for listening. We'll talk soon. What one is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.